This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. To stay in the know about everything happening at Fratton Park, including the latest news, analysis and transfer updates, take out an online Pompey subscription with the Portsmouth News today at portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Our offer starts at less than £1 a week. You'll get unlimited online access to award-winning reporting with fewer ads and free access to our digital edition and mobile app. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk, the news podcast. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Chief Sports Writer Neil Allen and Blues Writer Will Rooney to give you the inside track on their latest events at Fratton Park. On this week's jam-packed show, we dissect the Blackpool nightmare and ask, is it a blip or something deeper? There's the latest on a revived bid for Ben Thompson in January. And we ask, what's happened to Ben Close? Why has the midfielder lost his way and can he revive his best Pompey form? Rasmus versus Raggett, who wins that battle to start at the back? Will Kenny Jacket respond to the clamour for Geordie Hawula to start? And welcome back. We've missed you. And can the 2,000 Pompey fans present against Peterborough this weekend really make a difference? You can download our podcast on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. So give us a listen, like and subscribe to get each edition downloaded to your device and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 Pulse at portsmouth.co.uk. Hello and welcome to another Pompey Talk. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Chief Sports Writer Neil Allen and Blues Writer Will Rooney for the latest insight on all events from Fratton and beyond. Um, for, yeah, another thriller minute podcast in store, probably a lot more thrills than we saw at Bloomfield Road on, on Tuesday night, Neil. What a load of rubbish that was. I know, I was gutted the illuminations weren't working. Absolutely gutted. It was sad, wasn't it? It was. You go to you go to Blackpool and they're in tier three. There's no one around the streets. It looks like a zombie apocalypse scenario, doesn't it? And all the all the illuminations are hanging up there down down the seafront, weren't they? Where our hotel was, and they're not they're not switched on. It was really really sad. And uh, to cheer us up, we went to see see that match, didn't we? Uh, yeah. And I would I would rather watch illumination switched off than see a replay of that match. Because Pompey yeah. was shocking, absolutely appalling. It was a shocking game first half. Pompey were actually shocking themselves second half. Um, I think we're all in agreement. Even Kenny Jacket must have realised that it was just really, really, really poor. Um, and disappointed because we thought we'd gone beyond this. Mm. Um, Pompey played so well in recent months. Um, back to square one, but. You know, hope it's a blip. Hopefully, it's a bad day at the office. They can happen. They happen in promotion seasons under Harry Redknapp, under Paul Cook. You know, it happened in the FA Cup run in 2008 with some fluky wins at uh, Preston. All, all the way through, really. Then wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it, it bad days at the office. It's a cliche, but it does happen. So, I suppose it's important not to get too negative about that performance, even though it was horrific for me. Uh oh, uh, Will Rooney isn't one for hyperbole. Uh, he doesn't exaggerate. Calls a spade a spade. 
but Will, you branded this the, the, the worst, was it the worst game of football that you've seen uh, since covering Pompey? Definitely, yeah. No, I mean, there have been some bad ones, hasn't there? But for me, it was just dreadful. Like, the first 20 minutes, you force a bit of a chess match, a bit cagey, but it's going to start opening up here. It was quite interesting, the, the midfield battle that was going on. You're just waiting for chances to start. One might open it up, and then you think, right, because both players have got expansive wingers, haven't they? Both, both teams like to get down the flanks, and you mm. think, right, it might start here. Which just never happens, and even after Blackpool had a couple of chances, the Marquez dragged one wide. You think, right, second half here, because I remember, I think it was three seasons ago, with Jacket's first season, it was nil nil at half time, dreadful first half, and there were five goals in the second half, it just sprung into life then. I thought maybe it might happen again here, but it just never happened, is it? It was absolutely dreadful. It was just, there was no creativity whatsoever from Pompey. They never looked like scoring. And I've seen loads of people on Twitter put after 64 minutes when, when Anderson scored, they switched off because they knew Pompey were, were going to get beaten. <laughs> and you can't blame them. They, they were right. They, they, they were right. Pompey never looked like scoring, did they? No. Um, Pompey remained. The division's top goal scorers, but the concern Neil really was it was in all the attacking, every attacking player in that in that side and the substitutes that came up short. If you were looking for any decent performers, it all came within the, within the de- defensive ranks of, of, of that team on Tuesday. Did any substitutes come on? <laughs> well, I didn't spot any could... change whatsoever. Well, I saw some. I saw some bad performers go off. If you put, if you put that, put it across oh, like okay. that. I didn't. I didn't see any. Uh, any good performers come off. No, because so, yeah. they made no impact whatsoever, did they? Bizarrely. I, I and again, before for Tuesday, Pompey had scored 36, 36 goals in sixteen games, uh, which is you know more than two goals a game. My mass is poor, but I know that. And um, uh, it's been a really good. Uh, fluent goal scoring ratio, top scorers in League One, but they were dreadful Tuesday night. Ronan Curtis kept coming inside for some bizarre reason, as if he's a central mm. midfielder. Um, Ryan Williams was forced to spend most games as a second right right back, like he did against Arsenal. Uh, Andy Cannon was woeful. Don't know what what was wrong with him. John Marquis didn't have a lot of service. The service he did had. Uh, Shots wide, then straight the keeper in stoppage time. Uh, and we all know he's not the best at winning the ball and doing other sides of the game. Um, they just had nothing, Pompey. Harness was the best of that lot, really. Um, uh, and, and he wasn't the greatest. Defensively, Pompey were fine. Centre-half's in control. The goalkeeper fine. The full-back's OK. Uh, Naylor has been playing magnificently for the last few months. But it was all the attacking functions. And I include Cannon in that, but Cannon is... And attacking the fielder that gives Pompey so much of these driving runs, all for, this, for for one game, all failed to spark. All ca- failed. They couldn't. They didn't come off, did they? And it was really, really strange because in the past few months, they've all been chipping in with goals, assists, and everything. But for some reason, Tuesday, none of them. And the subs came on as I, as, I, as I sort of said, tongue in cheek. They were just as bad, weren't they? It made no difference. Um, not even playing a left back on the left wing. A talking a talking point we've just picked up, Will. Um, since since Tuesday, Andy Cannon was amongst the the players off the pace. When when that happens, it's 
glaring now, isn't there? Uh, with, with, uh, we'll, we'll go into Ben Closer in, in a minute. That's something that you've picked up on. But the fact that when Andy Cannon's not on it, it's a real problem for Pompey now. There's they, they're short in that area. I know Ben Thompson's going to come up again. I'm certain we've been looking all keeping an eye on his performance. But how much of a concern is it that when Andy Cannon doesn't deliver, there's such a shortfall for Pompey in the middle of the park? There's just no fizz or energy, is there, when you when Cannon's offered? And let's face it, he's entitled to have an off day. He's been superb for the past couple mm. of months since Pompey's mm. gone to that or two. And he's entitled to an off day. It doesn't help when other players around have an off day as well. But he just gives you so much energy and so much drive to get things going quickly, doesn't he? And get other, get other players, uh, inject a little bit of momentum into them. And you're right. Because Cannon couldn't do that because it was a little bit of a midfield battle. You could see that, that Dougal and uh, and Robson were just holding the position quite a lot, mm-hmm. weren't they? Mm-hmm. Cannon's break. The, there was no one else to really take up the mantle. And obviously, Kenny Jack had brought Ben Close on. I could see why he brought Close on because he maybe thought we'll, we'll have a little bit of composure in there. We'll maybe we'll have half a second on the ball a little bit more and spot a run that might be able to open Blackpool up. But he just hasn't got the same physical attributes as he's been close and I did feel a little bit sorry for him because when Ellis Harris came on Pompey naturally went a little bit more direct and bypassed the, the engine room a bit more but I know you were, you were speaking after it to, to colleagues at the game close he just didn't do enough did he Georgie for, for you I know you were speaking to a couple of people after yeah yeah I mean that's right I mean with Ben um, he gets a flat, some flack and he's, and he's not having a uh, the best of times at the moment. Now, it's something we we were speaking, um, our friend Andy Moon made the point and I was in wholehearted agreement. At the start of last season and, and, and going back to the last couple of years, it looked like Ben Close was primed to really kick on. Um, it's been a, a really glaring and probably one of the issues where the debate about whether Pompey are playing 4-4-2 or 4-2-3-1 when, when, when Ben Close comes in, he sits there and doesn't provide the drive, so it looks more like um, a holding two than a than a four in, in midfield. The Ben Close has shown that he can do that. He's shown that he can add goals to his game um, and and be that driving force. But he's not done it for a, quite some time now, and it, and, it, and it's a concern. Why is that? Is it confidence? That's the only thing I can really and and not getting a run of games. Kenny Jackett talks about the likes of Sean Raggett needing the run of games. Maybe Ben Close is the same, uh, but. It's it's got to be a worry for Ben now, and um, he's, he's, we've got to find the answer, isn't it? And it's tough, tough for him to find a way forward. So, what what do you make of that, Neil? Uh, and also, what do you uh, feel? Do you feel that a number eight may be a priority now in, in the January transfer window? Yeah, because Pompey obviously tries to get Ben Thompson, and I know some fans were were sceptical that they actually were, but they were honestly they were. And at what point? At one point, they thought they had him. They were close, oh, weren't they? they? They thought they had him, and Kenny Jack was very chipper doing press afterwards, and uh, uh, they actually thought he was entering the building. They were all prepared, and it you know, obviously the, the Brighton the field had fell through for them, and and Malumbi, as a yes. consequence, as a consequence, it didn't happen at Pompey. And Cannon plays in a similar sort of role, doesn't he? Now you could argue whether Cannon's as good as, as Ben Thompson, and the fact that Ben Thompson's played so many championship games now would suggest he's not as good as as, as Ben Thompson at, at this moment in time. Um, and that's that's it's developed into a key role, isn't it? Really, that that, uh, that thrusting number eight who can dribble with the ball, run with the ball, um, can shoot, score goals. 
They've, they've got no one other than Cannon that can do that in the squad at the moment. And as you guys said earlier, if Cannon's off it, because Cannon's been a real pivotal player this season, if Cannon's off it, no one else can replicate that role. Similarly, sorry, Kenny Jacket speak there. If Tom Naylor's injured, they've got no one to replace Tom Naylor. If he's injured, suspended, out of form, um, uh, not selected for—I don't even go into, go, into, go and talk about months and winter months—but not selected for whatever reason, they've got no natural replacement for Tom Naylor, have they? No, no. Um, we should let people that, in on the, the, sim- the similarly joke. Uh, yeah, just keep a check on those in Kenny Jacket's press conferences if, if you aren't in on that one already. But I think it's pretty. People know, sure. People are out there on, on social media, aren't they? I did get a tweet yesterday saying. Um, What's 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 greater, the amount of minutes that uh, Jordi Arula's played, or, or the amount of times that Kenny Jacket says similarly in the in, in, <laughs> in, in press conference? So, uh, Will, just continuing on the Ben Thompson theme, we've been keeping our eye open, haven't we? Ben Thompson hasn't been playing regularly at Millwall until the last month. Sorry, now uh, November he had three games, I, I believe, um, and we've also been keeping an eye on what uh, will happen with Malumbi at Brighton and how that could potentially revive things in January? Yeah, I mean, January is a transfer window where generally players who aren't playing at their clubs move on or move out for game time, isn't it? You think of players that Pompey have signed in recent recent years, really. That's what it's been like. McGee and Steve Seddon, for, for as well as they did, they weren't playing at, at Birmingham and Barnsley, were they, at the time? And mm-hmm. that's what January is about. You've got to get those players in there that haven't been playing and, and, and Genuinely, they come down, they drop down a level, and you think, okay, they haven't been playing a lot of football, but they're good enough to, to come in and make an impact because they are better than this level. Um, so, uh, uh, as it happened in the summer, Thompson coming to Pompey hinged on Malumbi going back to Millwall, didn't it? Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think it, in the end, it was Malumbi didn't want to go back to Millwall. I think he wants to stick around yeah. the break, but. Like you said to me on the phone yesterday, he played for Ireland. He's, he's played for Brighton this season. So surely now, surely he'll be thinking, I can't do another five, six months of this sitting on a bench, maybe waiting for a couple of injuries to happen. I need to, to get out and move. You think that Millwall would want to snap him off given how well he'd done and then does that open open it up for, for Ben Thompson? Or where, I'm not too sure where Millwall are in the table now. Are they, are they up there at the minute? Because... Like Kenny Jack has done in the past, if if Millwall are just getting it up in front of me now, if Millwall, let me see where they are on the table at the minute. Mm. Millwall, are, where are they in the table? Laptop is frozen. This is dead time, isn't it? This is poor time in a podcast. Team for the minute, so. <laughs> it, it, what what a crime that was! <laughs> what a build up. Gary Marrow might want to say that we need to keep him around because we don't want any injuries if we're pushing for promotion like Kenny Jackson before so he did with Harmstruck last January he said no we're keeping them around we need to keep all these players around and mm-hmm. clubs have got to look after themselves first um, but if it's not like that you'd like to think that Pompey would revive their interest and yeah a lot will depend on Malumbi you'd think if... holds the key doesn't he Malumbi to that one I, I, I've, I've got a question I've got a question it's a bit hypothetical really if Pompey played the system last year would McGinn have been a, a bet to fit in a, as a number eight rather than as a holding midfielder? 
Absolutely. That, that's what he is, isn't he? Isn't he? he, he, he yeah. Is that, he, is that, he provides that link from defence to attack. Absolutely, absolutely would fit fit the role. Because um, la- last, best... year, last year, he, we've said many times, he was okay, not bad, not good, just average. It looked like he was playing within himself in that system. This system now, surely, he'll be ideal for it, wouldn't he, really? Um, and Pompey were, of course, tried to sign him in the summer as well. Uh, and he, ch- he chose Belgium. But it's an interesting one because you had a player there last year that could do this role really well in theory. We've seen it before at the clubs, haven't we? At Barnsley, at Luton, where he's played this attacking midfield role. Um, and instead he was just asked to sit, sit deep and, well, clearly not the ma- make the most, most of his talents. So, mm. yeah, it's a shame that someone like him is not around now where he could really flourish in that number eight role. I expect supporters would say, well, if we were playing 4-4-2 last season, we would have got promoted. That would probably be... But look, I think that's oversimplifying things somewhat. Um, but yeah, it, it points to an interest in January. Um, and Neil, it points to an interest in January for someone you spoke to last Saturday after the Kings Lynn uh, romp in, in Rasmus Nikolaisen. Um, what, what's your take on what he's said and some forthright views and how, how that's shaping up uh, with, a, with a review to uh, recall... Uh, clause in his contract uh, next month. He's a confident lad. I think I think Joe Gallen said the same thing as well. He's a confident lad when he talks. Um, the, the simple fact is, he he came to this country, came to Pompey to play regular first team football. He wasn't getting it back in Denmark, so this was his chance to play regular first team football, and it's not happened for him. He's played eight games. Um, I know there was a lot of hype about him. Some fans wanted him in the team before they've even seen him play, which for me is ridiculous. You've got to, you've got to trust your eyes, see someone play, and then yeah. come to the opinion whether he should be in the side or not. Don't read a CV or, oh, he's Danish, therefore he must be good. Look at him, watch him play. Um, he's been all right, hasn't he? He's not been too bad. But the gaff of the day made me laugh last week when he said, scoring a goal against Kings Lynn doesn't make you Frankie Beresi. Franco Beresi, so you know it's um, he's he's, um, he's he's in fine, but the problem he's got is that Watmore and Raggett have proven a good partnership. Watmore's one of the best defenders in the league. Raggett, he has slow starts. Raggett doesn't he? He does have slow starts to the season. I know last year was influenced by injury, but he was slow this yeah. year. But he's yeah. hit the ground running again now, hasn't he? And yeah. uh, he's a, he's a reliable, consistent performer, excellent in the air. And I thought he was superb Tuesday night. He throws himself from the ball, doesn't he? And blocks things. Um, he is what he is. He's, he's very effective and very mm. good at this level. And Pompey are at this level. Pompey not in the Championship. They're not in the Premier League. He is a defender for this time at Pompey. And uh, Raggett does very well. And I totally agree with Kenny Jackett. Those two are his first choice central defenders. Uh with respect to Nicolaisen, nothing he's produced so far has convinced me that either should make way for him. But mm-hmm. I also would defend Nicolaisen. He's come to a new country, mm-hmm. a different way of football, and <clears throat> I think I think was it Plymouth was his second or third game or whatever in League One. Yeah, um, yeah. He need he needs time to adapt. Basically, you can't mm-hmm. just throw him in there and expect him to swim there. So he needs time to adapt. He needs patience. But I don't think he's got patience himself. Because no. if he's not playing regularly, quite rightly, he'll be thinking, what's the point? I was speaking to a Blackpool reporter, Matt Scrafton, at the game 
Will on, on, on Tuesday and he, he's a Lincoln fan so he asked me about Raggett how he's doing and I, I said takes a lot of stick off fans I think it's undue unfair to stack, stack up for for Raggett I said he's a good as Will uh, Neil indicated he's a good League One defender I think I don't think he's he said, do you think he's a championship defender? I said, I'm not sure about that. I don't think so, perhaps. Uh, but he's what we need at, at the moment, and, um, and and he's performing well. Is it a bit slightly about perception that you know, Raggett's the head-it-kick-it, ungainly uh, type of defender that's all about still over silk, shall we say? And then you've got Rasmus Nikolaisen, the continental ball-playing defender, who's uh, comfortable in possession and, and left-footed. And, and we all know left-footed players tend to look cultured, don't we? Is, is that part of the debate going on with the central defenders? I can say Carl Dickinson was left-footed, by the way. Cultured, cultured. And Mark Stinson. And Matt yeah, Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Cole Capecua. <laughs> but there you, there you go, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, there's always exceptions to the rule. We've got so much... We are... See, there's so much football on television now, aren't we? You can watch a game, especially now where fans haven't been in stadiums. You can just watch a game basically at the weekends, anytime you want, can't you? From yeah, from Friday night to Monday night, there's football. And if you're watching Premier League football, you're going to see players bringing off the back, players getting it, picking up, and looking as you say, cultures and foreign defenders like say Virgil Van Dijk, etc. And you get this perception that every foreign player is like that, then every player can do it. But <laughs> they can they can defend as well. They can do the basics. They can head the ball, kick the ball, win the physical battles as well. And Ragged does that. He's not cultured as we say you, you see him on the ball sometimes and you think oh, I was pondered on that or just be a little mm. bit sharper on it. But that's not what his game's about. You you're right. And Nicole Ison for for all the people saying, oh, he's good in possession, etc. He's given the ball away a couple of times. That have let to... Totally agree, Will. Thank you. I just totally agree, yeah. Ipswich. Yeah. Gave the ball away. Um, Plymouth, okay, things headed in, help him, help him out. But, but he should have, maybe there's a call that should have been made, made there. Yeah, yeah, and he was caught dawdling out of defence as well. He was caught drifting towards the, to the left flank as well. So it's not like he's... he's got an un- unblemished copy block, is he? Nicolaisen, no. he's made a couple of mistakes. He's, he hasn't looked the finished article by no means. And for me, Pompey have looked more solid with Raggett and, and Watmore at the back. And I can understand why people don't like Raggett when you see him with making attempts for scoring kicks, etc. But as, as we pointed out after that game, it didn't lead to a goal. And he's not the best on the ball, I think, by his own admission. Jackets no. admits that. Raggett probably admits that. I think his teammates admit that, but what does his teammates do understand is just how much he gives that team, just how much his defending and his, his steeliness offers, and you need that, as you say, to get out of League One. I think it was our colleague Steve Bowen who said if he was the uh, he was best on the ball, etc., he'd be a Premier League defender because yeah. he comes to head and kicking it. There's probably not many better in League One, is there? Yeah, I, I think you've summed that up brilliantly. I, I, I think Kenny Jack would point out it's a lot closer. That you know, it's pretty close between the three of them, but he's been justified mm. for my money in, in, in that decision. But we've just got to race through and, and kick on a bit with a, a few talking points, obviously pushing them. Just one briefly off the back of Tuesday, Neil, the, the clamour for Geordie Habula. Um, we obviously saw that cameo against Kingsland, it was against Kingsland, but we saw that uh, goal with real, real quality. And then with the blank at Blackpool, we obviously. Fans are, are pushing for to see a bit more of, of Jordi Haruda. What what do you make of that situation? Yeah, I think we're all surprised how he he wasn't used from the bench. 
at Blackpool and and Jack instead went with Cameron Pring and, and pushed him on the on the left wing really. <coughs> uh, Pompey were one 0 down chasing the game. I, Kenny did say afterwards in the press that he didn't want to put too many strikers on because he sees him as a central striker and he didn't want to take Marquis off because Marquis is capable of scoring a goal as we know mm-hmm. you know with, with 11 goals so far so he didn't really and I suppose Jacket really didn't want to take a, a substitute off like he did with Gareth Evans the season before uh, which uh, which we saw happen didn't he and uh, destroyed Gareth Evans really and uh, well probably permanently damaged their relationship but um, you don't substitute a substitute <laughs> um, so yeah, he resisted the Hulu. I would have liked to see him use on the left. You know, why bring on Pring? Bring on Hulu instead. Sorry, Hulu uh, <laughs> instead. And um, yeah, it was a strange one. We've seen a glimpse of him, and it was a wonderful goal at King's Limb the other day. Top quality. Mm. I'm not quite sure why he was shushing empty seats uh, afterwards in his celebration, but uh, top quality finish. And it made you sit up and go, oh, actually. This guy can do something like this because we've only seen flashes, haven't we? Mm. Uh, I think <clears throat> before that game, he had ten minutes in the league. Uh, he had a start in the in the uh, EFL Trophy, uh, and that was it. So we've barely seen him. But w- what really interested me was was after the game, Tom Naylor was saying what a great lad he is around the place. Uh, works really hard. Popular, doesn't let his head drop. Um, positive, and. Um, I think that says a lot about the character of the player as well, you know, and the bench are all happy that he scored. So they've really taken to him. Mm-hmm. They've been pleased with his attitude in training, his hard work, uh, and he's he's settled and mixing the group well. Um, I just wonder, does Jacket trust him enough? Because we haven't seen a lot of him, and and again, he put on uh, a left left back on the left wing instead of him in theory at Blackpool, which seems a bit strange. Yeah, uh, as much as we saw that Rasmus would probably be vocal, not vocal, but make it clear he's unhappy, it's lack of minutes. It seems from what I've picked up, Will, that Geordie Wood is a, they called him deck chair apparently, so I'm guessing he's pretty laid back. Um, he, he's uh, Well, he should be an ideal in Blackpool, shouldn't he? <laughs> I know. But there was no one to see up there, was there? Uh, yeah. um, I just, yeah, I, I think he's appreciative of his opportunity and did, would he be someone that you would... Get him for the rest of the season. I think he would be happy to take an extension on his contract. But from the, from the vibes that you get, it, it, I think. Um, and does it? Does he deserve a greater part in, in Kenny Jackett's plans than we've seen so far? I think you're right. I think he is grateful to be here after going what it was. What after he got released from Coventry about three four months when he was a free agent. So he's probably grateful to to get a club in the ilk of Pompey. Really, he managed to get a club who were again going to be pushing for promotion from League One after. Being released from Carpentry. Um, in terms of January, you're, you're right. I think that would we'll stay, but we'll be happy too. But it all comes down to whether Kenny Jack can get someone in who he regards better than Georgie Hawula. If he can get someone in who he thinks he's an upgrade, then make no bones about it. Kenny Jack won't hesitate to get someone in. Whether that's a whether he gets in an under 21s player who won't be affected by the cal- salary cap as well as Hawula is a possibility, but. I think if Kenny Jack can get someone else in who he thinks is better than who will, he will. In terms of his, his role, will he be disappointed? Definitely will, but I haven't seen enough yet. I know he scores against King's Lim, but he come on when let's he come on when King's Lim were down and out and King's mm-hmm. uh, Bromley stuck four past King's Lim on Tuesday night as well. So 
I think they were 12th or 18th in the conference. They're probably one of the favourites to go down, I think, anyway. Yeah. Um, so it, it was a goal that was full of quality, but had he been up against a league one side, would he have had that much space to have shoot and, and get a shot off and bend it into the top corner? Possibly not. I think we can judge him when he has ample opportunity in league one. But for now, you can't chop Marquez, you can't chop Harness. Harrison gives you something different. Yeah. It's just frustrating that Jack had to come out and says, oh, he's going to give us pace. He gives us something different. In a game like Blackpool, you want to see that utilised, don't you? You want to see that pace, something different. Jack has talked about to remind people people seem to forget this Pompey are only allowed 22 players in their squad senior players and they're currently at 22 so if anyone comes in people have to leave just reminding people because some yeah. seem to forget that and moan about the squad's not big enough it's not yeah. big enough because it's all they're allowed to have so there right. you go. So yeah, players need to leave before anyone comes in. Just to remind people. Good point. Okay, we've got we're running out of time, but we haven't even touched on the the, the big issue. <laughs> we've been chatting them too much. Looking back, looking ahead, two thousand people at Fratton Park this this weekend. What what a joy to behold that is. Seeing the uh, the Lincoln chief executive showing video of the Charlton game last night and the fans noise as the players came out. It was it really hit home for me. What we've got to look forward to this weekend chaps do you know what though apparently I'm, I'm a bit disappointed because apparently there's going to be no fans in the south stand which we, which will mean we won't hear that chap show clear it get it out <laughs> or shoot uh, um, and the bloke the bloke that goes come on the blues come on the blues yeah yeah here's the other one you know and I always say you know uh, defenders know that they have to clear it they really don't need anyone telling them from the stands no matter how much advice you think you're giving them. But uh, even Carl Tyler knew how to clear the ball. They know how to clear the ball. But yeah, we're not going to have any fans at all in the South Stand, but I believe the other three stands will have Poppy support in them. Will, I mean, what, what a, uh, an occasion to look forward to. I mean, you've sort of got used to it now, though, haven't you? Going up to the press box and not having everyone, anyone around it and not having people uh, have a go at you. Yeah, <laughs> Promotions on Singapore and the get feast. Well, yeah, it's just it's just been sad, hasn't it? But you know, this talk of fans can't chance. Let's face it, a steward's going to stop fans from chanting, chanting. Probably not. Probably not. We need to get back to some sort of normality. And having fans chanting, yell, you know, encourage that is part of normality. So, can I see Pompey stewards? Dragging anyone out by the ear if they hear anyone <laughs> singing the Pompey Charms, I very much doubt it. Yeah, uh, it's it just it's a crazy time that we live in, isn't it? And and it just it just feels like a real fillip this to to you know go there and, oh, and, yeah. and just seeing around and seeing uh, Gareth Ainsworth being applauded at Wickham last night for, mm. for his achievements as well. And these so, I, is is it going to make a difference? Can it make a difference to to, to Portsmouth's performance this weekend? Yeah, do you know what? I, I, I'd like to ask a player this. Hopefully, we speak to a player today because forget this nonsense about oh yeah, we, we you know we just get on with it. You don't. There's no intensity to matches at the moment, none at all. 
And fans create that intensity. They create the pressure. They lift players' games. Um, Ronnie Curtis is a showman, isn't he? He loves, he responds to the crowd. He loves it. He didn't celebrate scoring a goal against Crew the other week. You know, just things like that. We need the fans to lift the atmosphere, lift performances. Just give, just give something back because it's soulless at the moment, isn't it? And, uh, you know, bring life back to the, the to football. We missed it so much. I've missed it so much. Uh, we're privileged to watch it, but it becomes a bit tiresome in the end because it's nothing without fans. It really isn't. Last word to you then, Will. Uh, what, do, what do you expect against Peterborough this weekend and uh, what sort of occasion do you expect? Hopefully uh, an exciting game, more exciting than against Blackburn. You'd like to think, wouldn't it, that League One's two of the top scorers in League One, both coming into it on the back of a surprise and away defeat as well. Besides that might not, well, Wimbledon and Blackpool are probably going to be mid-table, as you think, this season. So, yeah, both two very attacking sides, plenty of potency there. Hopefully we see a free-scoring, free-scoring game and, and Pompey come out on top. Brilliant. 15 seconds to go. Always to the deadline. Chaps, thanks for joining us as ever. A great insight. Really appreciate your time. Uh, and we'll see you all again next time. Clear it! Clear it! <laughs> Bye! <laughs> Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website from less than £1 a week for everything you need to know about Pompey.